If you're struggling to attract new staff or your team is experiencing burnout, pick up your phone and call Guardian Vets. Through virtual team solutions like after-hour triage, daytime virtual receptionists, callbacks, and telemedicine, Guardian Vets can help you have happy staff, happy clients, and a thriving business. Go to www.guardianvets.com and check Veterinary Success Podcast in the Where Did You Hear About Us section to get a free consultation and receive 50% off your first month of service. Don't wait. Check out guardianvets.com now. If you're struggling to attract new staff or your team is experiencing burnout, pick up your phone and call Guardian Vets. Through virtual team solutions like after-hour triage, daytime virtual receptionists, callbacks, and telemedicine, Guardian Vets can help you have happy staff, happy clients, and a thriving business. Go to www.guardianvets.com and check Veterinary Success Podcast in the Where Did You Hear About Us section to get a free consultation and receive 50% off your first month of service. Don't wait. Check out guardianvets.com now. You've heard me talk about the opportunity in urgent care. So VetCheck believes in the power of your capacity to influence your patients, patient families, and be a leader in your community. How they do this is by giving you the freedom to take ownership of your future to make the biggest impact in your patients' lives. They equip you with a turnkey opportunity to take action on the dream through a unique pathway to owning your own VetCheck Pet Urgent Care Center franchise. They provide a solution to remove obstacles like competing against corporate dollars in the community that you want to be in and having access to a hospital ownership, medical directorship, and more. Also, you become a partner along the journey. A vet check pet urgent care center franchise is the answer. If you're interested, check out episode number 80, where I talked to Dr. Siva and he shares more about his story and the opportunity. So if this sounds like something that's interesting to you, reach out and learn how you can own your own VetCheck Pet Urgent Care Center franchise today by visiting vetcheckforpets.com, which again is vetcheckforpets.com. Welcome to the Veterinary Success Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Douglas. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, obviously, the word recession is getting thrown around a lot. And that's likely going to be something, uh, you know, like, what do I do in a recession, right? Like, that's going to be the question everyone's going to ask. Once the Q2 GDP or gross domestic product comes in negative for 2022. So the definition of a recession is two consecutive quarters of GDP being negative. We saw Q1 be negative. We will see Q2 likely be negative as well. That will be the official start to a U.S. recession. Most uh, people of lower, you know, socioeconomical class, right, is already in a recession in the United States as they've seen inflation like push the cost of so many different goods up. And GDP is a measure for those that are wondering the value of the final goods and services produced in the United States without double counting the intermediate goods and services used to produce them, changes in GDP are the most popular indication of the nation's overall economic health. So it's basically, hey, temperature check, we're running a little hot or we're running a little cold. And right now, things are certainly feeling cold. So there's some sobering statistics to kind of point to you know why I feel like we're in a recession. And then we can kind of get into tips, tricks, things, and thoughts around kind of, okay, what do I do with this, Isaiah? So the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System, or FRED, and I'll have a link in the show notes so you can check this out. Consumer loans, credit cards, other revolving plans, back to an all-time high, which we saw pre-pandemic in 2022. A lot of the stimulus was actually used to pay down debt, and so you saw a lot of 
the the numbers as far as you know the the household consumer gets so much better but it's back higher than ever and what this is showing is people are trying to cover lifestyle expenses um because things have gone up and they haven't really felt the full brunt of it but the the credit card bills are starting to pile up they're not paying them off right and so that makes sense where hey we're going to either need more stimulus which i do think comes um personally right i think that happens there'll be stimulus at some point probably in either the end of, of 22 or into 23 for sure, for sure, right? Like nothing's for sure, but in my opinion, I think that's coming. Or they're going to have to start cutting back on things. They're just not going to be able to pay for things, and that's going to be bad as well. So, you know, there's there's a lot of different numbers and statistics out there. I saw something today that, you know, it might be, you know, close to half of Americans right now are paycheck to paycheck level, which is wild to think about. And when we see food up double digits and energy up over 30% year over year, it's not really surprising to see that, that people are starting to get stretched even thinner than maybe they already were. And, you know, there's a lot of st- statistics, you know, that $1,000 emergency expense, most people cannot handle that. So since April 2022, um, we've also seen, you know, that credit card debt is up 20%. That increase since April of 2022, it's up 20%, largest increase we've seen since, again, 2008. So there's also something called the University of Michigan Consumer Sediment index and it's at the lowest point since the 1980s which was actually during a recession so the sentiment index is a monthly survey of how consumers feel about the economy personal finances business conditions and buying conditions the level has been deteriorating very quickly um, it wasn't that long ago where it was people feeling much better and then the last thing is the idea of a yield curve inversion which is you know jargon i know but i'm going to try to explain it real quick so the u.s treasury two-year um bond and then the the 10-year bond is uh inverted so what that means is the two-year is currently as of this recording um which is july 5th is at 2.834 and the 10-year is at 2.831 right so they're almost the exact same slight inversion so the idea of a yield curve may seem intimidating but when it's normal and it's healthy just think about an upward sloping line so we start low uh, on the left hand side and as we go right and we go out longer and longer time frames or what they call durations, you would be paid or compensated more for taking on debt for longer. So makes sense, right? If I'm going to loan you money for two years or 10 years, um, I would expect you to pay me more if I'm going to give you money for 10 years than two years. I think any rational actor would think the same thing. So that's really what's happening is the 10 year and two year are basically saying we're going to pay you the exact same amount. So you have no incentive to go give the money for 10 years if it's at two, and that's not a healthy indicator. So Cam Harvey, who's a PhD and senior advisor at Research Affiliates, published a piece called Yield Curve Inversions and Yield Curve Inversions in the Future Economic Growth, um, which was done actually in 1986 and talked about the yield curve inversion being a leading indicator of recessions. Seven of the nine last recessions have had a yield curve inversion prior to them. So it's actually a really fairly good, reliable indicator. One key thing to point out with inversions, they need to be something that's sustained. So like today, you know, again, July 5th, it's inverted, right? It's not a one-day thing. Typically, it needs to look at like that for about a quarter for it to cons- be considered inverted when you look at it historically and using that metric. So um, again, I'll have a chart that you can actually easily track this at any time. So I know you're all busy. It'll be easy to click on it. And then there'll be a piece from Cam Harvey that I think does a really good job at explaining um, kind of how the inverted yield curve works. And I think it's it's a piece called How the Finance Prof- Professor Who Discovered the Inverted Yield Curve Explains It to Grandma. So again, 
um, trying to keep it simple. Um, but really, uh, I think it's something that's interesting to look at. And that link to the chart that will actually show the uh, ability of the, the two and tens to see if they're inverted, I think is it's just a helpful thing to, to keep on, uh, you know, saved on a browser somewhere that you can check out occasionally. So there are some signals and signs, something's happening. We'll want to be prepared. Let's look at some advice and guidance, some suggestions, some thoughts from Isaiah on what to do during a recession. So let's dive in. I've said it many, many times. You've probably heard me on various different um, you know, shows, whether it's here or, or elsewhere, and I've written about it as well, that if I'm in vet med and I'm a you know, associate veterinarian, I really want to say, okay, I'm in a recessionary resistant field. The demand for veterinary care is off the charts. I still believe this. I think vet med will come through this and be in good shape. Could it curtail some? Could there start to be you know, some knock-on effects? Absolutely. I, I'm not going to say that veterinary medicine is immune to anything. But if I'm an associate today and you're listening to this and you're an associate, uh, I definitely want to be pro salad production and not salary. Because if things get tight, the raises are going to be slower to come, right? And that's going to be you know harder and harder to come by where if you see it be pro salad production, let's say we do see an inv- inflationary environment that continues longer, right? Every time those prices are going up, you then are getting a proportion of that if you're on pro sal or production. So, hey, exam fees are going up. Hey, this is going up. And you get credited for that. That's going to help you make sure that your income can grow alongside everything else that you're doing. This protects you. Make sure you do that. And let's say we see a deflationary shock. So everything goes to hell in a handbasket. 2008, the world just, everything implodes, right? It's still a good thing to have the the production or pro sal piece because we still believe that vet med is still going to be fairly recession resilient. Look at .com, look at Great Financial Crisis. It was down, but not down a lot. And if you're at a high-quality hospital and working for people that you believe in and trust, which you should be, right, <laughs> anyways, um, you'll be in good shape. So I would say if you are salary, I would absolutely be having those conversations to get that switched. So owners, if you want to compensate your team and need to do something, instead of the blanket hourly raises, tie it to goals for revenue or profitability. If those start to slip, that is not guaranteed money that's out the door. We know that, you know, Salary and wages is going to be a big line item on your profit and loss. And it's hard to walk back and cut pay. Um, we know that's a horrible, horrible thing to do. It's hard for people. They get, you know, they, they start to say, yep, that's what I make. And they build their lifestyle around that. So a goal can be missed and those dollars can be saved. Let your team know that you want to share in the wins with them. And you don't ever want to trim back or make adjustments to things and show them how they can be involved in the growth or the, you know, higher you know, profitability of the business tying to whatever goals they are. And another thing that you can look at is, you know, looking at if you have a 401k plan, have a profit sharing plan alongside that and help them save into that and maybe tie that as the the next wave of comp or to recruit folks in. Use that as a recruiting tool. I know a lot of, you know, CSRs or frontline workers or techs, they want the money in their pocket to spend. They don't care about the retirement funds, but this is a way to take care of them as well. And again, it can be tied to those um, benefits for revenue and profitability. You make those decisions. And with a 401k plan with profit profit sharing, you can tie it to wage-based, age-based, or new comp, which is just a fancy term for like a blend. And, you know, that can tilt more towards you. If, if things continue to be great and you want to, you know, stockpile and put away money, that's a good way for you to do it. You can reward the team. It's even and fair across the board. So I think that's a great idea as well. So owners also, um, people are going to be feeling the pinch. Help your clients be able to pay you, whether that's an in-house membership plans like uh, Tony Ferraro, who uh, talked about it in episode 15, 
or if it's a care credit or scratch pay. And I know a lot of you use those providers already. Give people a way to say yes to care. Um, same thing, right? Owners, talk to your team and clients about pet insurance. Um, check on what Woody and Policity are doing. Policy. I always say their name wrong. Oh my goodness, that's horrible. Sorry, Woody. Policy. Um, episode 128. Again, great way to bring this into your business. You're not selling, you're educating your product as, as not... <laughs> can't speak agnostic. Oh my goodness. So you're not saying, Hey, this is the, the right insurance to pick. You're saying here is what policy is doing. They're a great team. Use it in your social media, record a video, put out some content, send an email, let people know about pet insurance, why it's important and get that in place early on. So people can say yes for the best care. Again, that is selfishly for you a way to see a better care, less stress on your team and then B, so you see higher revenue. So people are going to say yes. And I think if you combine those two things, it will do well. Holding cash, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. At the moment, it's the hardest conversation I feel like to have right now. It's so, so tricky. But ensuring you have ample cash on hand for emergencies needs to be a priority, especially if we go into a recession, especially if things start to slow down. You want to make sure that you can pay for you know the things that are there. Could you cut back? Absolutely. Everyone can cut back in, in certain ways, but you know, you really need to make sure you have some cushion there. Biggest thing, try to get at least three months of your normal household expenses. If you want to bump it up higher, do it. Um, but if you see investments, let's say the stock market sell off sharply and it's over that three month period, take that lump sum and get that money invested. That's how you're going to see the benefit. Holding cash long-term is a sucker's bet. You are guaranteed to lose money, guaranteed to lose purchasing power. So do not hold cash and stockpile it forever and probably the time where you're scared to death is when that excess cash should be put to work. So if you're really feeling nervous, that's when it should probably go to work. And, you know, let's say the market's down 30, 40%. Yeah, that's a good time to start moving some of that money into investments at that point. Um, we are already in a bear market, the SP 500. So that's a negative 20%. So tune into the investing series in the playlist to dig in more. If you've missed anything there, that's what I'm trying to highlight is, hey, let's, as a entire community, um, get better at, just the investing prowess, the education there, and and learn about ways to, to be truly diversified and, and have better total returns long-term and not take you know, 100% stock risk when you don't necessarily need to, to see good returns. Don't stop investing. Number six, if you need to adjust risk, add to an asset class that is beneficial in periods of stress. Again, highlight, go back to the investing series and listen to some of those things. It does not have to be 100% stock market risk. Far too many folks only have really stock risk in their portfolio. You likely have enough of that diverse away, diversify away from just stock holding. So own other things that will do different things. So again, let it complement the stock exposure that they already have. And for a lot of people, your 401k, your retirement plan at work is going to be where you can have all the stock market exposure you want. It's long-term money. You're not going to be able to touch it anyways for a long time. Own stocks, continue to buy, and over time, you know, let that compound and then complement it outside of it, right? So continue to save. Don't stop investing. Now, again, if something happens, you lose your job, big cut and pay. Yeah. You're going to have to curtail those things. I get that, but don't stop it because you're scared that the market is down and like, Oh my gosh, I looked at my 401k statement here, you know, cause everyone's going to get their Q2 statements and look at them and go, Holy smokes, I've lost money. Don't let that fear then drive you to stop doing what you're already doing. If you're an associate looking to buy stockpile cash for the next six to 12 months, I think there's going to be awesome opportunities for smaller um, 
and less well-run clinics to be bought, those older one or one and a half doctor practices are going to feel the pain in a recession environment first. You can be a buyer into that weakness. I know that sounds, you know, predatory. It sounds terrible, but really what you're going to be doing is you're helping them out in a, a period where they need it the most. There might not be another buyer and you can be there to say, Hey, I will be a buyer. You can see this, you know, clinic or practice exist in the future and save probably some jobs that may not be around. Again, those are typically going to be, you know, outside of the metro areas. There's going to be more rural. They might be, you know, less attractive things that aren't getting scooped up by consolidators. I think that's where, if I'm an associate that is looking to own and wanting to buy versus doing a startup, great spot to look. And I think you're going to get a wonderful opportunity to do that. So have your kind of ear to the ground or have some ideal practices that you've looked at in areas that you want. And, you know, reach out to those owners, start having conversations now, and then you don't have to commit to anything, but just tell them that you're interested. And you know what? They might be a lot more willing to negotiate and, and see you come on and, and buy them out in six, 12 months, especially if things ramp up. And for the life of me, and I know I can think of one specific client right now, um, but if you don't have to sign a new real estate lease or purchase in your purchasing property, wait, 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 wait. I know it's really hard and timing is always, you know, tricky rates have gone up. So interest rates have gone up. That means real estate prices will be forced to correct. I talked about that in the housing bubble popping episode, and we're going to see that in commercial. There's no difference, right? So much of real estate has gotten bid up, bid up, bid up, low interest rates. Um, now interest rates have gone up and moved up very quickly. Those prices have to correct. The other thing is that businesses that are not as recession proof as veterinary medicine are really going to struggle and landlords are going to want vet med as anchor tenants and they're going to be much more willing to work with you, whether it is tenant improvement dollars or giving you a longer term or a shorter term or being more flexible with whatever it is. Um, same with sellers of properties. They're going to be like, ooh, maybe they are in a liquidity crunch and they need to drum up some cash to pay off other things to make sure that they stay solvent because they've overextended themselves in a world of cheap money. So patience, patience, patience. Uh, I've been told I'm a doomsdayer um, on this one um, from, from a client that's listened to it, but food security is a real thing. Get a deep freeze, get food stocked up as you can, um, order half cow, uh, quarter cow, half hog, whatever. Meet local farmers that offer grass-fed options. I think you will be um, widely um, beneficial of doing that, right? So that is going to be something that's going to be really, really beneficial to you. If you put the order in now, you're not going to get it likely till January 2023 anyways. Find local options. Um, join a CSA. So that's uh, community supported agriculture. Just Google that for your area. I will likely do one here in the Noblesville area in 2023. Um, have a garden, right? Like I might not have as much room to have a garden at our house um, versus versus other places. So if you can do that, do it. Find local eggs and honey. Um, we have a porch pickup that's closer than our local grocery store, which is awesome. You know, learn to bake. I've done sourdough bread. I've gotten into it. It's not that difficult. It takes some time. If you want some information on it, DM me, shoot me an email. I'll share everything. Happy to, to help how I can. You can order bulk, uh, bulk flour for a lot less than you think, and you can have high quality food. I mentioned it in January in the prediction episode. Food and health were a big priority for me. That I think will help. And again, going back to the whole idea of you know financial health and um, just physical health, something that I think this show, I would love to have more folks on to talk about it. I'm certainly a work in progress. I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I want to bring on some people to talk about it, which will be a little bit different for what the show's been, but stay tuned there. I'm working on some things. I've asked some people and I've not got um, yeses um, yet from some folks, but hey, I'm still working on uh, trying to get some some folks in here. Number 10, if you're able to pick up a relief shift or a side hustle, you know, maybe you're writing for a vet med, 
magazine, maybe you're reviewing different things for, you know, marketing company or whatever, there, there are ways to work a couple more, you know, hours and make a little extra, do some telehealth stuff. Don't run yourself in the ground. I'm not telling you to overburn yourself and burn yourself out, but if you have the capacity, take that extra funds, save it and invest it soon when the opportunities will arise because in a recessionary environment, having some extra income is going to be beneficial and that'll help you get to the, the idea of work optional sooner. Don't rush to pay down debt. I've talked about this. I've hit this so many different times. If it's sub 5%, leave it alone. If you have credit card debt, there's no shame in that. As I talked about before, a lot of people are in that space. Get that knocked down. The 20% interest rates are going to crush you. So continue to, to work hard at just focusing on that and get it done. Get rid of credit card debt before you're investing, right? So get that knocked out. Owners, take some time to review your tools, tech, and your profit and loss. There's got to be areas that you can be leaner. You just haven't had the time. I get it. Um, it's not been a top priority. Identify what those levers are today. Make a list. Hey, these are the three or four things. If things get slower, start to work on that. Identify those levers today so you're not making the decision when it's, oh my gosh, I got to find a way to you know, make sure that we're not bleeding month over month. Do I think you're going to get there? No, but at least know where you can trim the fat now, even if you feel like you don't have the time. Make a list and then come back to it when you have time. If you get in a pinch, identify where you can access um, capital, so the, the financial term liquidity. Great examples, Roth IRA contributions, you can take those back out tax-free because they went in after tax. So if you put in $6,000 in a Roth IRA in 2019, you can take out $6,000 today. So again, you want that to, to traditionally not be touched. So it's for retirement savings, but if you need it, you got to get through today to get to the retirement, right? So again, there's no negative connotations with going in and grabbing those funds. HSA funds, if you cover healthcare costs out of pocket and you have a, a bank of funds saved up, you can reimburse yourself at any point. Use those HSA funds. 401k loans, as long as you're not looking to leave your employer, those are a great option as well. If you need something because you're in a pinch, something happens, health, whatever. Um, if you leave your employer, though, those 401k loans are going to trigger where you have to repay them back in 60 to 90 days. So if you take a $20,000 loan, you might be on the hook in 60 to 90 days if you would lose your job to pay that back in full, or it's taxable, there's ramifications, penalties, all that stuff. So try not to, to do that. But again, likelihood of you losing your job in today's environment, very, very low. Brokerage accounts, those are obviously there. You might pay some taxes. If you have brokerage accounts and maybe you invested in some high-flying tech stocks and you have losses, take the losses. Take the losses. Sell at a loss. Take the $3,000 that you can write off annually until you write it all off. Take those losses and you know access that cash. Hold on some of that cash for now. Cash value life insurance. I don't like cash value life insurance, but they are um, a way to access cash if you need it. And if you have that policy and you haven't gotten rid of it for whatever reason, um, that's a great option as well. Owners, don't be afraid to make changes to your schedule and adjust hours of operations. Be creative. Mike Walker talked about in episode 127, hey, he's trying to grow. He's trying to mix things up and be different in his hospital. And he's open on Sundays and he's built a lot of trust. And so a lot of people that would never walk into his door because he's open on Sundays and they need help. Think about how can I just be different? Let's open on Sundays. And maybe that can help with making sure that revenue stays higher, especially if things get tighter. Or maybe you're in a, an area that's just high competition. Be different. 15, um, you've survived 100% of the worst days of your life. You don't need to do anything drastically. You don't sell all your investments and go to cash. I've had people ask me that. Hey, should I just sit on the sidelines for a while? You don't do that because you have to time the exit and then the re-entrance perfectly um, to come out ahead. And the only way that you're going to be able to do that is if you're already running some sort of trend system. You can't do it with touch and feel and like, mm, I think today's a good day to sell. Mm, I think today's a good day to buy. 
you have to have a system that's unemotional to make those decisions for you. And it needs to be in place far before you really ever think about it. So I covered about the trend following and using that in episode 137. Don't buy into the fear that the world is ending. We are experiencing a a a regime shift. Man, I cannot talk. Um, And a lot of things are breaking. A lot of things will be kind of created again or broken and maybe they don't come back. So there are going to be a lot of big changes, but there's opportunity in those changes. If you keep a level head and you continue to save as you have in the past, you want to be proactive versus reactive. And I think that's the biggest thing. So in a recession, be proactive. Okay, be on the lookout for saying, what can I do if this happens? What can I do here? And I know it maybe it feels like you're, you're paranoid. Worst case scenario is you're overprepared. That is the worst case scenario. So, you know, for me, I would go back through some of these, you know, 15 different things and, and think about what can I be doing to make sure that I put myself in a position to get through this. Because I think the biggest thing is going to be survival. You don't have to, you know, make a ton of money in the investments or, you know, switch jobs to the, the perfect place. It's like get through and then make some of those changes on the other side. And again, traditionally, these things don't last forever. And so, you know, if we see the next 12 months, 18 months, 24 months be hard, and that very well may be the case. Again, Isaiah's crystal ball is broken. But the key thing is getting through to the other side in one piece and in a good spot because there will be opportunity on the other side of this. So what did I miss? What are you doing that that maybe is helpful? Let me know. Ping me in the Facebook group or DM me on any of the social media platforms I'm on. And I would love to be able to share those ideas out and get them out to other people. Again, the idea here is to help get through a recession so that you're in a good spot. Also, plug for the veterinary project um, podcast. So Dr. Bug um, was on there and was able to talk a little bit about investing in the big picture. It's much more investing focused, but it was the state of the economic union. I'll link to that also in the show notes if you're interested in more of a deep dive in current like investing ideas and themes. That's one that um, certainly dive into there. But thank you so much. And until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to today's show. The comments made on today's show should not be taken as investment, tax, or legal advice. All comments are for educational purposes only. You should consult your team before implementing anything. Isaiah Douglas is a partner of Vincere Wealth Management. Isaiah is registered in the state of Indiana, California, Texas. The biggest compliment you can give to this podcast is to share it with a friend. Reviews help the show get found, and Apple Podcasts is the platform that predominantly is how people listen to the show. If you have three to five minutes, you like the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts, give us an honest rating and review. That'll help more people find the show. For all of today's links and information, head over to veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. There you can subscribe via your favorite podcast platform platform so you won't miss another episode. Finally, if you'd like more information, insights, and have the ability for your voice to be heard and interact with show guests, join the private Facebook group. You can go to the Veterinary Success Podcast on Facebook or head over to the veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. Scroll all the way to the bottom where it says about your host and then click on the Facebook icon. That'll bring you into the Facebook group. I'll approve you. You'll be in. And then I'd love to hear your questions, feedback, and anything that you'd like to see added to the show. So with all that, thank you so much for listening. I'll be talking again to you soon.